Unprepared to engage Mormon missionaries when they knock on your door? Perhaps the book Mormonism 101 will help. Mormonism 101, published by Baker Book. Available at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at an article that was published in the Salt Lake Tribune. It was written by Peggy Fletcher Stack, entitled Mormon Vanquished, Moroni Missing, Pageants Pulled, Is the LDS Church Losing Its Identity? And in this article, she's going to interview several people who are going to give their opinions regarding what they think their church is doing when it comes to some of the changes that we have seen over recent years. And I might mention that a lot of these changes seem to have come about more recently when Russell M. Nelson became the 17th president of the church in early 2018 after the death of Thomas S. Monson. Well, in yesterday's show, we left you with this question, is Mormonism losing its identity? That's a question that Peggy Fletcher Stack asks, and it's also found in the title of this article. Up to this point, she was talking about the fact that, for instance, on a lot of new Salt Lake temples, you will not find the statue of Moroni, which is kind of telling because that's usually how these buildings were known as being different from your average chapel where Latter-day Saints would meet on Sundays for their Sunday morning worship service. The temples were not open on Sunday, and they were always distinctive buildings. And one of the ways that you knew that these were different than chapels was because because of that angel on top of it. Now, it doesn't mean that all of their temples had an angel Moroni on it, because that's not true. And as you mentioned yesterday, Eric, you're absolutely correct. When they would bring out the crane to put the angel statue on the top of the steeple, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. It was newsworthy here, at least in, in Utah. Now, are they going to get rid of the angel Moroni entirely, never to see it again? I can't even answer that question. Perhaps that's already in the works. I, I can't say yes or no right now. But the question is asked, what's happening here? Is Mormonism losing its identity? And then she quotes a Utah attorney by the name of Steve Evans, who founded the By Common Consent blog. Now, if you've ever been on the By Common Consent blog, I like snooping around on that blog occasionally because there's a lot of what I call Mormon thinkers that post on this blog, and I like to hear what these guys have to say. And if you're curious about that, I would encourage you, go to the blog, by Common Consent. I'm sure if you type that in your search box, it'll take you right to it. 
But what did Steve Evans have to say? We are definitely in a transition phase for Mormon identity. I grew up in a Mormonism that hinged around societal bonds, roadshows, activity nights, scouting, so many activities that our social calendars were full with ward participation. Now we live in a libertarian church that has pared religion down to weekly meeting attendance and the occasional cannery project. Politics have surged to fill the gap, and now I would guess a lot of people no longer look to their wards for their social identities. The article continues, the church used to be such a big chunk of who we are, he says. I don't know what we are without it. Now, we should probably define some of these terms in here, because if you're not familiar with the LDS culture, you might wonder, what's a cannery project? Well, a cannery project would be like a lot of other projects that they would have, where members of the local congregation or ward would go, and they would volunteer their time in furthering a particular goal. In this case, the cannery would be canning food. A lot of the church members, this is a big function for them. But when he says, I grew up in a Mormonism that hinged around societal bonds, roadshows, activity nights, scouting, so many activities that our social calendars were full with ward participation. He is lamenting that a lot of this is not happening any longer. In other words, this community that he remembers growing up in the church is no longer a part of it. And this seems to be the lament of others that are interviewed for this article. It looks at Steve Evans' complaint, and then it switches gears to go to what's known as the correlation movement. It starts off by saying the need to systematize Latter-day Saint worship started in the 1960s with the rise of the quote-unquote correlation movement. Now, we've talked about correlation before and basically how a lot of the manuals that the church produces for its membership go through this correlation committee, and the purpose of the correlation committee was to hopefully ensure doctrinal purity for what is found in those manuals. And this is one of the reasons why We have often encouraged people, if they're going to share their faith with their LDS acquaintances, that they should feel confident if they want to cite from some of these manuals that the church produces. And there's been a number of these manuals, probably one of the more famous manuals in recent times would be Teachings of Presidents of the Church, where they went through the various teachings of past LDS leaders. That is a good source if you're going to share your faith with Latter-day Saints because those quotations by those leaders are supposed to be believed as being true by the membership. In other words, you're using something that their church has established to be doctrinally pure. But what does it go on to say about this correlation department? Church leaders worried that as the faith spread internationally, quote, It would fragment into various national churches and lose the perceived unity of culture, belief, and allegiance to Salt Lake City that church leaders valued, end quote, says the Latter-day Saint historian Matthew Bowman. They thus sought to streamline church administration and, quote, to produce a unified church culture by way of instituting standardized manuals, centralized periodicals, standardized architecture for church buildings, approved art, and even a single hymn book, says Bowman. Let me stop you there, Eric, because 
when I look at the church correlation department, I personally don't really have a problem with what they were trying to accomplish if it was limited to making sure that the doctrine was pretty much unified throughout all of their manuals. I can understand why the church leadership would want these doctrinal positions to be in harmony with each other, so I don't really have a problem with this. I think where Mr. Bowman is having a problem is that it went beyond just making sure that all the doctrine was the same. It seems to have been enlarged to, as he says, standardized architecture for church buildings, approved art, and even a single hymn book. This is where, I guess, he sees it expanding to the point that, for maybe Mr. Bowman, it becomes unreasonable. But he's absolutely correct, though. I recall when I was in the Philippines, I noticed that the church chapels there, where the Latter-day Saints would go on Sundays for their worship service, they looked like they were taken right out of the United States. Everything seemed to be all one style or one type of style. But He goes on to say that this expands far above or far beyond just a doctrinal uh, standardization. He continues and says, The norms of what these leaders considered spiritual were translated into universals, Bauman says. Quote, Sitting quietly, what church leaders in the mid-20th century began calling reverence was more respectful than loud singing or dancing as Christians in Latin America or Africa did. Business dress was more appropriate for worship than other sorts of clothing. Art should be the simple realism of the American middle class rather than abstract. Hymns imitated the style and pace of white American Protestantism, and so on, end quote. So you can see where he's going with this. He's noticing this Americanized religion that is being sold throughout the world. Well, let's be serious. The LDS Church is an American religion. It often prided itself. It prided itself in that fact so much so that America was going to be the scene of Jesus's return near Independence, Missouri. I mean, this was something that a lot of early Latter-day Saints talked about and looked forward to. They even bought property out there near Gallatin, Missouri, that they believe was the Garden of Eden. I mean, it was very Americanized. And yet what Mr. Bowman is seeing here is that they were taking a lot of these ideas and they were transferring them into foreign countries, which I have to agree, they probably wouldn't be all that familiar with this. And maybe some of them have gone to the extreme of being somewhat offended by this. Is this what what Matthew Bowman is trying to get across here? I'm not exactly sure. But then it has a subheading called the McDonald's model, and we want to spend some time on this. She's going to interview Liz Layton Johnson, who is a Latter-day Saint living in Saudi Arabia with her family. It says... Mormonism has gone from a time in the very early church, quote, when founder Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were trying on new theologies like new pairs of pants, trying to see if and how pieces fit into this new church structure they were creating, end quote. Currently, there is, quote, this huge emphasis on obedience as opposed to experience of always having the right answer to questions. Read your scriptures, say your prayers, go to church, instead of having questions that we can't really answer, but we could try to, Johnson says. Now, let's talk about that for a little bit, because I wonder how many Latter-day Saints might have been a little bit offended when she was being so candid. Stack leads up to it by saying, Mormonism has gone from a time in the very early church, quote, 
Now we're getting Liz Layton Johnson's words. When founder Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were trying on new theologies like new pairs of pants, trying to see if and how pieces fit into this new church structure they were creating. Notice the language there. This is why I asked that question. Would some Latter-day Saints be a bit offended by the way Ms. Johnson phrased that? Because saying that Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were trying on new theologies like new pairs of pants, that kind of sounds like, well, this one looks good. I think we'll keep it. This one doesn't fit so right, so we'll reject it. Now, I know that Joseph Smith really did do that, especially when it came to introducing the doctrine of plural marriage. He floated some of those ideas to the congregation to see how they would react. And quite interesting, a lot of them did not react very well to that. But eventually that did become a part of 19th century Mormonism. But when she says trying to see if and how pieces fit into this new church structure, they were creating. You see, I would think Russell M. Nelson would have a, pro, uh, a real problem with that wording because he really believes he is doing what the Lord wants created or the Lord wants to continue. In tomorrow's show, we are going to continue looking at this article, Mormon Vanquished, Moroni Missing, Pageants Pulled, Is the LDS Church Losing Its Identity? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. As with most Christian organizations, Mormonism Research Ministry depends on the generous financial support of friends like you. If you like what we do and how we do it, would you consider helping MRM meet its financial obligations? Merely go to our website, mrm.org. At the right, you'll see a donate button. Click there and follow the instructions. MRM is a Christian nonprofit 501c3 organization and your gifts are tax deductible. Not only that, they are greatly appreciated. Thank you for your support of this ministry. History.